Welcome to Inevitable Wealth from Liberty One Wealth Advisors, a conversation around financial decision-making and events around the globe. In the age of instant information, level heads can be hard to find. Our hosts, Julian D. Leonardo and Jackie Petit-Home, provide objective and relevant insights to help you parse the data and block out the noise as you build your wealth. As managing partners of Liberty One Wealth Advisors, Julian and Jackie look to empower you to develop an increased understanding of financial markets and how they impact you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our sixth episode of Inevitable Wealth. We're looking to clear the air around complex topics, misleading headlines uh, that we come across every day in our lives. I'm Jackie Petitholm, and I'm here with my co-hostess with the mostest, Julian DeLeonardo. Julian, how are you today? Good morning. Good morning. Good or good afternoon. Good lesson this afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so uh Welcome, folks, this week. Uh, so today we're reviewing end-of-year planning strategies, right? Uh, we we try to tackle this list with all the families we serve, um, and it is that time of year, right? So you have approximately 35 days uh, to save yourself a couple thousand dollars this year, and that 35 days, basically, we're counting from today, right? We're recording this November 22nd. So if you're listening to this a week after, you know, do the math. Um, but also, let's be honest, right? Not much gets done once we hit the week of December 20th, right? Uh, so most custodians, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, they're all pretty much the same. They stop uh, accepting requests typically almost two weeks before the end of the year. So here are some things to consider before it's too late. There are 10 major things, but some of them are interconnected, so we're going to try to keep it brief and concise and uh, lump them all together. Uh, so first few things are your retirement savings, right? Consider maxing out, excuse me, your retirement savings, your 401k employee deferral of uh, $22,500, $22,500 for the year. If you're over 50, you get the catch up, which is an additional uh $7,500 you could contribute to your 401k. Um, if you have the option of after-tax contributions, that limit is up to $66,000 um, with an additional $7,500 if you're over 50. So the $66,000 total limit includes your employer match as well as after-tax contributions. Um, and on top of that, if you are able to contribute to a traditional and Roth IRA, those limits are $6,500 if you're under 50 and then $7,500 total if you're 50 and above for 2023. Your SEP IRAs are the same, right? The max is 66,000, just like your 401ks. Um, and the good thing about your IRAs are the contributions can typically be made up until you file your tax return in 2024. So that's a good thing. So if you don't make the contributions by the end of the year, that's fine. Until tax season next year, you can make contributions for the prior year. Some folks, your income might be on the borderline if you can contribute directly to a Roth. And sometimes it makes sense until you see what your W-2s say uh, to make that contribution. And then of course, if you are doing the Roth IRA conversion, 
those need to be done by the end of the year, by December 31st. If you're self-employed, consider solo 401k, right? You will want to start or adopt the account at least by the end of the year. As an employee, you won't be able to contribute for last year, for the prior year. However, as an employer, right, which is the fun thing, a solo 401k, you're the employer and the employee, you can make 2023 contributions in 2024 up into your, your, your tax deadline. Um, so those are the first two I lumped up. Uh, Julian, hopefully I didn't ramble much. Was that concise? Should I go back and explain anything a little bit better? No, it was great. It was great. Nail your uh, retirement contributions for 2023, whether that's as an employer or as an employee, right? Looking to knock those out. Uh, thing, things I'd focus on, right? Number three, tax loss harvesting. We speak about this each year, uh, both uh, in this setting and with clients one-on-one. It's something we initiated uh, about two weeks back for, for the families and, and businesses we serve in their taxable accounts. And what it is, is essentially offsetting uh, gains with losses elsewhere in the portfolio uh, and swapping out similar investments, right? So at the end of the day, you have uh, essentially the same allocation, the same uh, risk profile, right? Uh, But you're just deferring taxes into the future, right? So you owe less going forward. Now that's tax loss harvesting. Uh, With that, there are a few families that, that we're working with where we said, hey, let's let's take gains now. Uh, and, and that's a scenario, for, for example, where uh, one family just retired. They're not taking Social Security for the next three years. So their income is very low. Uh, so we are looking to take uh, gains that they've experienced over the last uh, you know, decade and, and deferred over the last decade to now. Because there are scenarios where if you're a married couple filing jointly, you can pay 0% of taxes on your gains in a taxable account if you are under roughly around $89,000 uh, as far as the tax bracket. So always speak with a CPA. You know, that's something that requires significant planning. But if you can pay 0% on gains, right, that's extremely beneficial to do. Uh, so it's a good time of year to, to review that, whether it's taking losses in the portfolio which we can absolutely walk you through and we've done for our clients this year uh, or capitalizing by taking gains now. Um, Jackie, is that, is that clear? Anything to add there? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I'd like to add to that as well. Some, some folks we work with who have high concentrations of stock, they might be pharmaceutical executives and they need to sell off a, a portion of their holdings just to cover expenses, whether it be college or a large you know, expense. Now's a good time to basically break up that expense over two years, right? You know, you take half of your distrib, you know, half of your sales now, take those proceeds, take those gains, and then make another trade again after the first uh, within a couple weeks, and you'll still have your cash, but that tax liability is now broken out over two years. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. And this is one of those things where when it comes to tax loss harvesting and, and, uh, capital gains. We could do a whole video on it ourselves, right? You know, 20 minutes. Um, so always reach out if you have questions, but moving forward to number four, uh, charitable planning. So making year end gifts of cash or securities, 
uh, to charitable organizations, either directly or through a donor advised fund. Uh, so we actually just helped a family donate appreciated stock to a nonprofit they support. It's a great way to offset taxes and support an organization that's that's near and dear to your heart. Right. So a very good thing to do. Um, number five, education account funding. So if you're saving for educational expenses for children or grandchildren, consider adding to a 529 plan. Uh, the annual gift exclusion that would apply here is 17000 per donor per donee. So some states offer tax deductions. Uh, it can be a pretty significant way to save up uh, for those educational expenses, which I think we're all familiar with have not gotten cheaper uh, and are climbing at an alarming rate, right? So always good to plan ahead there. Um, Jackie, you want to take us away for number six? Yep, yep. And let me add as well that Per donor, per donee, that means that's for the parents as well. So it's 17000 per donor. So each parent can put up to 34000 per child. Um, just a lot of folks sometimes think that since you're married, filing jointly, that you're together, it's still you can double up there as well. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll take, so six, seven, and eight are very closely related. So six is a health savings account. So this is uh, reduce basically your taxable income. You can contribute to a, the, the pre-tax limit of it's $3,850 if you're single and $7,750 if you have a family. Um, and this is a dollar for dollar reduction in your taxable income. Now, you have to have a high deductible plan to take advantage of a health care savings account, the HSA. Um, so make sure that you do have that option. But then you can contribute to it and then that money rolls over and you can invest it in, in, in certain custodians. So it's really good to take advantage of that if you can. Uh, number seven is the flexible spending account. So this is typically goes with the other traditional plans um, and just check your balance and consider spending the funds that can't be rolled over for the following year uh, because a flexible spending account is a use it or lose it. Because um, even what does gets rolled over, you still have a timeline to spend it off. And also take a look at your plan documents. Um, you'd be surprised what is considered uh, something that you can use it for. Um, I'm not saying you can do it now, but I've some folks have said, "Hey, for you know, I I was able to get a bike because it's healthy, right? You go, you exercise." This is a couple of years ago. I don't know if they've tightened regula regulations, but Double check and see what you can use. It doesn't always have to be something for, you know, medical expenses or medical costs. Um, and eight is really accelerating tax deduction. So this is a little bit nuanced, but basically, uh, you know, with the 2018, uh, uh, the TCJA, right, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, when they increased the, uh, you know, the your, your standard deduction, a lot of folks lost the ability to write off uh, some of the contributions that they make to charity. Uh, and nonprofits. So uh, what we've seen uh, some of the families we serve do is alternating years when they make those larger contributions. So instead of contributing an equal amount each year, maybe one year, make the larger contributions, and then that will basically go above that standard deduction, which then you should be able to write off, right? It's a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more planning, but that's something that we've seen uh folks do. Um, and, and Julian, uh, we've got uh, nine and 10, I think, which are uh, a little bit, I guess, th the same as well. So 
Um, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, nine, something we focus on with, with uh, a lot of the pharmaceutical executives we work with, uh, as well as those in different organizations, equity compensation planning. So looking ahead, uh, both by taking inventory of, of what you have, you know, what do my RSUs look like? My employee stock purchase plan, what does that look like? And what do my options look like, right? And by knowing where we are, we can proactively uh, make adjustments, thinking ahead. Uh, what are we going to do this year? Whether that's taking uh, gains this year, uh, exercising options, uh, increasing the amount we're putting towards an employee stock purchase plan for 2024, but essentially creating that game plan that can have a very significant uh, positive outcome going forward if we're if we're thinking ahead. Um, one, one thing we often ask as well is, you know, if someone has RSUs, they have $100,000 of, of RSUs uh, in, let's say, Pfizer. Would you buy $100,000 worth of Pfizer, right, if I give you $100,000 today? Always thinking uh, with RSUs, a lot of times the there's not significant tax implications when selling, right? And we can talk about that one-on-one. -on -one. But planning ahead thinking, should I have this? Should I diversify? Should I make adjustments? And how do I handle the tax implications around that? Anything to add, Jackie? No, that's fair. I I, I, uh, I actually think that's a great way to put it. If you have, even if it's $10,000 in company stock, if you want $10,000 right now in a scratch off, would you go and buy your company stock, right? So mm -hmm. when we have these large positions, Every day you're making an active decision to hold it. So it's very important to ensure that whether you keep it or not, it's an intentional decision. Um, mm -hmm. Great point. Exactly. And I think everyone we, we speak to who holds these positions, a lot of times when we first start working with them and they, they first uh, bring us on board to help, we say, okay, you have about 80,000 in, in RSUs at J&J. Is there a reason, you know, we're still holding these? What's kind of the plan there? And usually it's a shrug and it's like, ah, you know, I just, I still have it, never sold it. Um, yeah. So that's great. You know, some very healthy, strong companies for, for the most part, but uh, always want to have a purpose for every dollar we have, both invested or in savings uh, and a plan for it, right? Because then we can really think ahead and, and be creative in how we save money and, and increase our wealth over time. Yeah. Don't, don't let risk. inertia make your decisions for you because that's where a lot of folks get themselves in trouble exactly exactly and that's another piece we could probably have a whole you know 20 minute yeah. discussion on but out of respect for everyone's time uh number 10 ties into the same thing looking ahead to 2024 uh the irs has updated the amount you contribute to your 401k plan in 2024 to 23,000 plus 7,500 if you're over 50 and then for an ira it's 7,000 plus a thousand if you're over 50. Now, some 401k plans, uh, you know, most don't do this, but there's a, there's a small uh, minority that say they'll match, you know, 5% of what you put it, or they'll match hundred percent up to 5% of what you put in per paycheck, right? They, they throw in that per paycheck aspect. Uh, so for some folks we work with, we're planning ahead, looking at what their income looks like and making sure that they're not maxing it out in, in July. Uh, just in case they they uh, essentially would have that per paycheck requirement because then the match would stop, right, come that point. Now, that's more rare, right? It is it is something that is in there at points. Uh, but by planning ahead, that is something that we can we can tackle, make sure that we are getting that that dollar for dollar match that, that 
a lot of organizations offer. Um, and that ties to everything, right? Look ahead to 2024. Let's think ahead. Let's be proactive uh, because that's how we are most successful. Any additions, Jackie? Yes, I'd like to perhaps, I just re- I, I might have jumbled up something about the 529. I'd say 34,000 per child. I don't know if I, I might have said 34,000 per parent, but it's really each parent can put 17,000 for each of their child. So basically a couple can do 34,000 for each child. So I might have, in, in, in my effort to be yes. speedy, I might have, you know, kind of jumbled up that sentence there. Um, I think but, we cleared it up for all those people that as soon as you said it, went into their 529s because yeah. they're following every step, of course. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we stopped them just in time as they were yeah. about to make the, yeah. the contribution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the good news is perfect. you can take it back out, right? It's it's only been in there for a few minutes. So <laughs> yes, um, good catch, good catch. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, during the season, right? So we're like I said, we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, we, we also want to just thank the families, businesses, and the nonprofits that we serve. Um, as always, we do appreciate the trust and confidence you place in us each and every day. Um, if you are traveling over the next few weeks, you know, travel safely. You know, enjoy your time with your family. Um, and speaking of family, uh, Julian, what, what are you up to for Turkey Day and beyond? I will be in South Jersey. Uh, my parents generally live in Florida. They're coming back for Thanksgiving. Um, we will be having about 20 to 25. Uh, the good news is this year we have all the nieces and nephews. And my wife actually bought uh, some turkey hats for them to wear that they don't know about yet. So nobody's telling them. Uh, but a nice little surprise for them where they can run around looking goofy and having a good time. Nice. That sounds sounds like a blast. Uh, I'm. We're doing the opposite. We're we're actually. Uh, my wife and I we decided to stay home, stay local. We're gonna check out the uh, the parade here in Philly, mm. and then uh, just come back and stay in our pajamas all day and eat and drink and be merry. Um, so uh, it's, perfect. It's it's going to be a little bit different. There's not going to be a chaotic uh, children running around with turkey hats, but Quinn will be running around <laughs> chaotically. I can promise yes. you that because that's his mo. Well, my so. my my good friend Peter hasn't missed a uh, Thanksgiving Day parade in about 20 years, so uh, wow. I'm sure you'll see him there as well. Oh, nice! You guys can hang out and and yell at the people with the floats and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, thank you everyone for listening again. Uh, safe travels. Have a great holiday and holiday season, and. Uh, Have a good one. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Liberty One Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm located in the state of Pennsylvania. Any options expressed are derived from sources generally believed to be reliable and are provided for informational purposes only. It does not constitute any form of advice or recommendation to buy or sell any securities, adopt any investment strategy discussed, or invest in any specific product. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, and is not to be relied on in making an investment or other decisions.